0: But the issue is, there's been a lot of uh, "done for you" shaming in the streets. Okay, yes. you know I mean? if you do a thing, then you're not cool. You're not scaling your business because, oh my gosh, you actually do it. You do it right. That's that's how that's what this thing has become. Nobody good is going to do the work anymore. Mm-hmm. So I, so we are going to have this conversation, whether you like it or not. Okay. Uh, what we talked about. Uh, working in your business versus on your business. And I am a big advocate right now, right now. And Donnie may have a different perspective. I am a big advocate for working in your business right now. I am working in my business. I'm not necessarily, I'm in a season right now. It's not about working on the business. I am working in the business. I am doing the work. We're here every single day, recording this content, creating a strategy, putting it all together. Because I don't... I think the the talent pool of people that can actually escalate, like execute, is very, very slim. So me and Reese, we jump in here and we work. Mm -hmm. There was a presentation... That, you know, they were raising money for, I think it was, um, dang, what was it? It was something really, really important. Maybe like, uh oh, like sex trafficking or something. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: And they were like, you know, asking for donations. And actually, I think Neil was telling me, I think it was sex trafficking. And, you know, they start the presentation. And he was thinking like, I'm not going to give a whole lot of money like that. You know what I mean? Or, you know, as the presentation going on, he's thinking in his head, I'll give him 5000 towards it. At the end of the presentation, he wound up giving a hundred thousand dollars mm. and mad other people gave a hundred thousand dollars to a cause. but it wasn't the cause what was it? It was the narrative it was the presentation that was created right that forced him to come out of his pocket and give a hundred i think five hundred gave a hundred thousand as well, creating that narrative, making it like bigger than life urgent important and uh the second thing is. If you don't go to the gym at all, just go a little bit. What I realized walking into the hotel and we're walking through the casino and it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem like everyone's having a good time. You know, what I mean? you know you go somewhere and it's like, or if you go to Chuck E. Cheese, the kid, everybody's having fun, hey. Or some people walking in the mall, they're talking, having a good time, everybody's upbeat. Or you're doing something cool, you're in the gym, everybody hooping, talking, having fun. In the casino, it's not that vibe.
1: People were mad stressed out. It
0: was stress, it was, was focused, head in hand like this.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I did not play, but my wife did. And she went to the teller. She went to the cashier and she pulled out a 20 and said, let me get $20 in tokens.
1: No way. 20 bucks. I was not there for this part. I would not have co-signed that.
0: 20 bucks. So she gets her little tokens or whatever and goes to the machine. First thing I noticed on the slot machine, because she's like, I'm going to play the slots. First thing I notice is that there is, an, there is a charger input on the slot machine. For your phone for you. (laughs) I know if I put my phone on a charger, that's signifying I'm going to be here for a minute. Mm -hmm. And if your phone is dying, you'll probably say, oh, great charger. Bang. I'm there. I'll hook it up. And if you're playing and lose your money and you realize that you only got 12%, what will you do? Play some more. And play some more, and play some more. And I understand that Vegas always wins for the most part. Now I know some people feel like they have uh, they're a skilled craps roller, like you know how to get the seven from shaking it in your hand to all the other side, and you just feel like you're good at it, or you figured out your own science on uh, on roulette, saying I always bet on black, and you feel good about yourself because you black. <laughs> and that's your whole strategy and you think black always wins but the casino always wins. It was a guy and it's like a little bit of a misunderstanding for me. I go into the I go into the it's an area called uh I think it was called high rollers or high, high roller. stakes. Yeah, something mm-hmm. like that. So I walk in, I'm not playing, but I want to see the people who's betting big. I feel like I'm gonna walk in and get an entrepreneurial principal or something. These are people that are betting big. So I'm at a table. I'm, I'm not at the table. I'm looking at the table. I'm seeing it's chips. It's stacked chips. There ain't no ones and fives. It's some it's money on this table. And then I'm, I'm, I, I go to another table, just looking around. I'm just observing. And I get to this roulette table and I'm just observing and people are looking at me. I'm like, oh, I'm just trying to see what table's hot right now. Okay, before I make a decision. I'm not playing. But it was one guy he puts $100 on black and he puts $100 on red. I don't know if you know how a roulette works, but they put this little ball on a little spinny thing. They spin it and whatever the little, wherever the little ball lands at the end, that's what you win or lose. So if you pick 36 black and the little ball is on 36 black, I think it's like 36 times your money. No idea
1: how to play So room.
0: if you put up $100 and it lands on that one particular number, you'll make $3,600. Really, really dope. But what's interesting? This guy put a hundred dollars on black and a hundred dollars on red. Anybody know why they would do that? Like, there for one, there's no chance of winning because it's either going to land on black or red. If it lands on black, you get another hundred dollars for your black, but you lose the hundred for red. And if you if it lands on red, you lose your money from black, but you double up on red, so you you break even. But there's also a number on this roulette wheel. Y'all know what that is? Zero and double zero. So it's a possibility that it lands on zero or double zero and you lose all your money. So you can either break even or lose. This is a terrible scenario. Would you agree? So I go get my friends. I'm like, Donnie, you're not going to believe this. This guy's got to be drunk out of his mind because he puts $100 on black, $100 on red. And the dealer says, sure you want to do that? (laughs) he's like yes i think he had to be from somewhere else he said yes and the manager's there and the manager's like right behind the, the the dealer guy and the manager says um okay there's really no chance of winning here you could lose like are you prepared to just lose your money with no chance of winning and he said yes i am prepared to lose i said Oh, I got to go get my friends. I go get Donnie and Kenny and Dre. And I'm like, yo, you're not going to believe this. This guy is prepared to lose. And I just got my whole, I, I got a whole, like, I have a whole presentation ready in my head. I'm not, oh, I'm going to go Instagram Live and say some people just ready to lose. So I'm telling him the story, right? And we come by and I'm like, yo, you got to see this guy. And Donnie's like, yo, is he still there? I said, I hope so. So we walk by, the guy's still there by himself. He's the only person at this particular table. And and I said, man, how's it going? He said, it's cool. And I said, hey, man, just real quick. You put the chip on black and red and you can't really win. There's no way to win. Like, why'd you do that? I'm in my interview mode, right? I'm like, why'd you do that? He said, well, it gives me a chance to see what numbers are hot or something like that. It gives me a chance to see what numbers, like, is, it, is black more... Prevalent or red, more prevalent or whatever. And I said, oh, wow, there's a system to it. He's willing to lose $200 to see if the table's hot. And maybe if you lose the money, it helps you have some sort of identification of how he's going to win some money, Mm -hmm. which is stupid because it's all random. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: But there there was a method to his madness, but his method was wrong. It was a terrible method. Why not just wait? And so some other people are playing, if that's your thing, let me see. Okay, it's black is hitting more than red. Okay, now I have a higher possibility. The method was just wrong. Mm-hmm. And I see a lot of entrepreneurs and they do some things that in their head make sense, but makes absolutely no sense. And I get people that are like, they look for validation in their coaching. They tell me all about their business and they're looking for me to say, yo, that's a really good idea. Oh, man, this is going to blow. But when I give, Kind of like the holes that I see. And I'm not saying it's not going to work. And maybe this guy's made millions of dollars doing this. I don't know from my perspective. But th- some people are just so stuck on validating their idea or they come up with something that sounds good in their head and it's good to tell people about it, but it's not effective. Yeah. So that was that was like my, my idea. I was like, dang, am I doing some things where I don't understand the rules to the game? and maybe didn't truly understand the rules to the game. And we're doing some things in your particular industry, in your particular space, there are certain rules. It's so important that Black voices are represented in Black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of Black uh, voices and influencers from Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash social proof. That's NetSuite.com slash social proof. NetSuite.com slash social proof. It's every game that we have to abide by and know before we play it. So as an entrepreneur, there's certain rules. There's some foundational principles that I think a lot of people tap into our podcast to get this like foundational principles of this game we call entrepreneurship and we have to listen and uh, heed to it. So somebody commented, I'll share, but y'all think like the whole idea is to make money and live happy. There are more things to be concerned about. Yeah. Somebody said, um, actually it was my man, Steve. I made a post about um, how Solomon in the Bible, he says, you know, like, I built all this wealth and all that kind of stuff, but it's all meaningless. And he commented and said, it's interesting that only people from that perspective say that. Y'all notice that? People who have like, they make money, they be like, oh, money isn't everything. But if you don't have any, you're like, well, you're only saying that because you have money. It's two things we need to think of. One, why do you see a lot of people who have money say money isn't everything? Because they got it, and they realize, wow, it didn't make me as happy as I mm-hmm. thought it was, or as I thought it would. But two, you have to get there to understand. So I'm, whether you believe it or not, you guys will start chasing certain things and realize that the accumulation of money is not going to make you happy. If you aren't genuinely happy now, I think we're blessed. Cause when we weren't making a whole lot of money, we were still kicking still lit. it, still happy.
1: Still in I was streets. working at
0: cheesecake Factory. Y'all was happy, happy. Mm-hmm. As long as I could, you know what I mean? Like an eat for the, the day. That's the
1: important thing though. You have to, <clears throat> I'm grateful for my journey, the struggle, the part where I didn't have money, the the part where I went through terrible breakup, you know, called off a wedding and all kinds of stuff. I'm grateful for that journey.
0: Called off a wedding.
1: Yeah. You know, Deja's father and I were engaged. Oh. Um, yeah. Why did you call it off? First of all. Not here? Not now? Not now. <laughs> Have we ever talked about it? Uh, I don't know. It's the old news. You know, oh like half the time I forget I was ever engaged. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's just old news. Um, Yeah. So I lost my train of thought. You get on my nerves. I'm
0: so sorry. Yeah. I know you called oh, off a wedding. I have a hard time canceling meetings.
1: <laughs> you know,
0: the anxiety of calling off a wedding. Golly, how do you do that?
1: I mean, yeah, called off an engagement, I guess, is a more impro- appropriate thing Dang. to say. But, um,
0: you lost it again.
1: What was it? Hard times. Time. I'm grateful for the hard times because it forced me to find happiness with the simplest of things. Mm -hmm. So when I didn't have money, I had to find out, like, I learned very early that, oh, I can be happy without money. Like, I can be happy without being able to go to the clubs and the movies and things like that. And I spent so much time with myself. You'll discover some little things around the house that bring you joy, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, this actually... Wow. Waking up and just being free in my bathrobe after a warm shower actually makes me happy. Mm -hmm. Like when you got money to spend and you forget those little details. So you find the joy in the simplest things. Wow. Being able to just sit here and I don't have no job. It's not because I don't want a job, but because I don't have a job, I'm sit here and read this book. It makes me happy. And then going through something where you do like you. Going through calling off an engagement was a very difficult journey for me, especially when you're engaged to the father of your child and you've painted this beautiful life of what happiness looks like. And then that's no longer you have to rebuild your life and you find like there's so much value in the struggle, even though everybody doesn't have a struggle story and everybody doesn't have to struggle to find joy. That's my story. Mm. And I'm grateful for it because I spent years, years getting to know Donnie and who I am, because when it first happens to you, you feel so inferior in your circles. Like everybody's so excited that you're going to get married. And then it's like, oh, well, no, we called off the engagement. Like we broke up mm-hmm. and they're, you know, you're afraid of what people are going to say. Right. And then you have money one day and then you don't, and you got to go back into that same circle of friends and you don't feel good. You're now you you're associating, the lack of feeling good with being unhappy. And you got to get to the core of what happiness really means because you can have a really, really bad day. Mm -hmm. Today can be a terrible day, but you're still a happy person. Like you still know that life is still worth living. You still know that tomorrow you get to try again. And it's important not to confuse a bad moment with an unhappy life. Yeah. Next step
0: is you need to start trading your time for dollars. Nothing wrong with trading your time for dollars if that's the next step from trading your time from dollars for somebody else. I'd rather get paid. I'd rather be my employer that pays me versus another employer because they're going to put a cap on my income. Somebody said something really cool. They said your boss will never pay you enough to live next door to me.
1: I said that. You didn't say that I said that, that don't sound like nothing Your boss will never pay you enough to be his neighbor.
0: Yeah, okay, yeah, you might have said that. But we, we have to start to develop that. So while I'm working at the Cheesecake Factory, I'm working for my job, and that's my main source of income. And then I start this T-shirt brand. And I'm like, yo, I need to make an extra $200 a week. That was my initial goal, $100 off days. Y'all know my story. It's just I had two off days, and that was the only, those were the only days that I was hustling my T-shirts. I'm like, okay, if this job pays me, I can at least pay me. And it wasn't to make six figures initially. It wasn't to be a millionaire initially. It was one working at a job. And, and before I even started this business, I worked at the Cheesecake Factory for three years and proven myself. Working on that's why I'm so anal on, on time right now. Because mm. it wasn't always like that. I intentionally, like Donnie said, pick three. That was on my three. I said, this is one thing I'm going to fix. So I embraced that. So the next thing is we need to figure out how you can pay you. Like what idea? Nothing wrong with exchanging time for dollars because you'll always do that.
1: One of the biggest myths about entrepreneurship is that you're no longer trading your time for money. Yes, you are. Absolutely, hundred percent. And not only are you trading your time for money, you're trading more of your time Mm -hmm. for money because you are typically spending hours thinking through your concept, hours analyzing the data, hours fulfilling whatever service or offer you know it is that you you provide. Hours correcting the mistake, hours thinking on stuff. Like, you are literally trading more time for money.
0: 100%. And, not, and
1: it's a cool thing to do.
0: Yeah, it's nothing wrong with it, So I got some friends there. Bar, let's say a barber, right? Where's the, where my barber friend in here? Make six figures as a barber. And that's mm-hmm. good. I mean, you trading time for dollars because you have to cut some people here. The problem is, if anything ever happens to your hands, mm-hmm. If you don't feel well, if you're sick, that's the only problem. So shouts out to my hey, you got a you got a barbershop though. So it's like he's on he's on the, the 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 next phase, but it's nothing wrong. Right, you can make a good income. Like I know some friends that like they DJs make a bunch of money. They're trading their time for dollars. It's just I'm trading less time for more dollars because they can DJ for an hour, two hours, and make a lot of money. How many people want to get to that phase where you can at least supplement your income? By paying yourself. Good. Next step.
1: Be paid from other people's work.
0: Get paid from other people's work. hmm Right? So, so this
1: is now when you are the barber, but you own the barbershop and it's staffed full of other barbers and you're collecting salon or booth rent or commission, whatever that is.
0: I'm in the streets. I ain't too good to do the work. Anymore. Right Anymore. Well... Just in the season that we're in, yeah. right? So I'm I'm a believer I'm in a season. Let's just go build. Let's yeah. look, I, I would never just lock down and do a webinar every single week, but that's what I'm gearing up for because we're gonna we're, we're gonna jump into a season where we run tens of thousands of people into this morning meetup. Mm-hmm. And then maybe I'll jump out of that season and then cultivate the growth and mm-hmm. maybe not not be so on like building the business, yes. but not building the business and like taking care of family and kind of taking care of myself mentally, mm-hmm. things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just these seasons, but you got to be very, very careful. I remember I was on a call with Spectacular, who's was, you know, just super, super rich, him 500, like all these people were on this call. And they're talking about the results and, you know, how they got clients and all that kind of stuff. And they're like, yo, what do you do? Because a lot of people on the call didn't know. And I'm telling them about this morning meetup, $79 a month. They're like, yo, you're bugging. It's like, yo, you need to at least make it $197 because the higher you charge, the more quality person and the quality people they do the work. And I'm like, what was crazy is, I never ever wavered. I never, even while they were telling me, I never thought to myself, "Yeah, I'm going to shut it down." I never thought that because they because one, I wasn't, I wasn't necessarily looking at it as, "Hey, y'all, I ain't gonna lie, man." They sent me this Yuffie lock. Think about being on the couch. Someone rings the doorbell. Your child left their key at school, and they. The best way to make money, but it was the best way to bring a community together that feeds me. I bro, I'm, Being on the call helps me mm-hmm. just like it helps the people on the call. So I'm not thinking because you don't like the strategy, I'm not going to do something I love. But then I turn around and tell Donnie and she just wasn't as strong as I am.
1: Yeah, that's, that's she- a fact. I literally <laughs> snuck myself back into coaching, but The other thing too, like if you transition out of working in your business too soon, you have nothing to work on, right? You start, you feel like you need all this team and support around you. You need an assistant, you need an operations person and marketing and tech and all of these things. But then suddenly you get these things and you stop working in the business. And now you got all this team with this great automated business that you've run and you have nothing for them to do. Mm -hmm. So now you have a decision to make. Do I just keep people on payroll just to have these people on payroll or do I get back into the business start doing some work so I can have some tasks for them to actually do? There's nothing wrong with doing the work and then the other thing is I see what I'm seeing a lot of right now are people who go out and do something one time, have a little bit of success and now they're they're done. Mm-hmm. They did enough work. Like sometimes you haven't done enough work right. to actually for me, the season that I'm in right now is working in and on the business simultaneously. Like I'm seasoned, I'm a seasoned entrepreneur and I have grown to a point now where I can kind of pick and choose what I, what I, what I want to do. I'm not chasing money. I'm chasing the fuel. Like Mm -hmm. you say, like being, I was, I was just so unfulfilled when I stopped coaching. Like I just, I get there's something that happens to me when I'm I'm coaching and people are getting results. And so I'm still in that space, but I also understand that we are building a legacy brand. And so going into the into the next year, what I'm really focused on is how can we build a brand that doesn't depend on Donnie? Mm-hmm. How do we do this so that regardless of what happens to me and in my life? there's still a brand that continues to move on without me. I want, like, I'm, I'm setting up the pieces now. I'm moving towards setting up the pieces now that will impact people that I'll never get to meet, like generations and generations and generations on.
0: And we can, sometimes we'll see something that it, if we saw it, if we saw it, it wouldn't be a big deal. Mm-hmm. But because we see other people talking about it, we feel the need to input our opinion or things or things of that nature. But I think for our businesses or our brands, the very first thing we have to do is we have to convince ourselves that this is a very, very important narrative that needs to be created. And we don't know why other people aren't talking about this.
1: Mm.
0: We have to really convince ourselves that this is like when you're selling, when I was selling my t-shirt brand, it wasn't, It wasn't like I wanna sell a t-shirt and make $25. My objective was to convince people that if they wear this brand, their life can change. So we might have a product where we just wanna sell it and we're saying, hey, you should buy this product. But if I believe that this product will create life change and how do you create life change with t-shirts and wristbands? Well, I did it. So we had a sleepers for suckers wristbands, right? And uh, I'm selling them for $2 or three for five, and you know some people will buy them, some people wouldn't. But my when I'm talking and making the sale, it's like, yo, you need this wristband. They like, say, well, why would I wear a Sleep is for Suckers wristband? And I would just explain to them that one, the brand is built for entrepreneurs or people that are willing to lose sleep to get what they want out of life. The second part is you need a constant reminder on your wrist. You don't know if this reminder will be the thing that will push you to push even harder. and it was that little heart, there was that little bit of extra that you did that creates all the difference in your life. So you might be at home and you'll be working, and you get tired and you stop, but you look down at your wristband and that wristband might cause you to work for an extra hour. Now, what if that happens every single day? You'll have put in an extra three hundred and sixty five hours into your business. What will an extra? I'm talking about, time that you wouldn't other normally put in an extra 365 hours into your business. What would that create in your life? And I need an answer.
1: Mm.
0: If you are going to give an extra 30 hours a week into your business, how much more money would you make?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So this $2 risk man is actually a business investment in helping you make millions, mm. but I truly believed it. So now I'm creating this narrative that you have to, and yo, we've had, thousands of people wearing these wristbands because yeah. once I told the story, and mm-hmm. I kept telling the story, and I kept the narrative, guess what you do when you wear it? And somebody asks you, sleep is for circus. We'll start, oh, this is my story. joint, it helps me it helps me work a little bit harder. Like, we can't sleep, we gotta grind. And that's how I left my job. So I, I, I wanted to be a better communicator. So I read this book, How to Win Friends and Influence People.
1: Dale Carnegie.
0: it's not necessarily about influencing people, but it's a whole book on communication. I wanted to know how to talk to people. That is one of my greatest skills. If I I could say one thing that has taken my business to another level, it's been working on my communication, how I talk to people, listening. Maybe sometimes reiterate, and I don't always get it right, especially with my wife cuz she'll tell you. I don't listen Aww. at all. <laughs> but it's a, it's it's a work in progress. But in terms of business, which is different, I'm an excellent communicator. I will say that. And I'll just say it over and over again to make sure I understand what you're saying and understand how you feel about it. So my work was can I commu- I need to get through to some people. I feel like everybody has like this barrier. And I got to listen to you I got to say certain things to see how you respond. I have to watch you so I can get through this barrier so there can be a connection. And two, I had to work on the vision. I can't just say, I want you to work. This is what I need, this is what I'll pay you. It's always going to be accompanied with a vision. Because what I found is that people are more attracted to the vision than the income. They want to be somewhere. And I got to paint this whole picture But before I start painting the picture, I got to talk to you, find out where you want to go so that when I start painting the picture, you can see yourself. I have to place you in this vision of how it works. That's why Jovan Rock with me so tough. It's not about do this and you'll make this money. There's a whole vision. And he knows, he knows that more importantly, I'm going to do the work regardless. And you're trying to get people to follow you and you're mad at your friends for not rocking with you, but they know you're not going to do the work without them. You need them. Everybody on my team should know that they are super valuable, but I'm going to the promised land, period. You see my work ethic. I'm not telling Joe to do nothing that I ain't going to do myself. Mm-hmm. Right? So he come in here, set up the cameras, but when I get here, we're going to come in here, do it together. We're going to fix it. We're going to get it right. But you're mad at people for not following you, but you're not giving them any reason to follow you. Mm. And that's how you get the most out of people because they know that their work isn't for you. It's for them. Especially if you start painting a picture. It's big. Like, think, like y'all that are here, just think of the last thing you quit. Can you honestly say you've done everything you could to keep it going? Not even the business. Let's just say a relationship. Yeah. Did you do everything you could? No stone unturned. I, I, I tried and I tried. I tried. all, And I think some people take it as I'm trying the same thing. That's it. Over and over again. Mm-hmm. I'm just, okay, the relationship isn't working. And I'm just loving the person harder. And I'm going to love harder. And they're still not loving me back. I'm just going to love harder. And we might say, oh, well, I gave everything I could. Not true. You just tried the same thing over and over and over and over and over and over and over 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 again. Did we try identifying what love looks like to them? Mm. Did we try to talk to some of their friends to see, okay, what is the real issue? Did we try sitting down with the person to ask point blank, yo, what do you think we need to do?
1: Did we change any habits?
0: Did we change anything?
1: Did we change anything? And that's really important. Because in relationship, and friendship, and business, you will see that there are elements that you have to change. Like, oh, I should have done this differently. Mm-hmm. But then you give it another go and you start doing things a little differently. But you fall back into your same inconsistent or uh, detrimental behavior and you start getting that same result. And then you've convinced yourself, oh, I even changed X, Y, and Z and it still didn't work. No, you changed X, Y, and Z temporarily.
0: Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.
1: Fired, which is why you end up back in the same place wanting to quit. A
0: hundred percent. We have a product and we're like, yo, I'm I'm trying to sell all that I can. I'm pushing it, I'm pushing it. And you're like, yo, I'm I'm trying harder. I'm doing all that I can. Every day I go out and I'm selling stuff. But maybe it's the thing that you're selling, not the fact that you're selling the thing over and over again. Maybe your work nothing wrong with your work ethic. Nothing wrong with that. Maybe it's the product. Yeah. Maybe it's nothing wrong with the work ethic or the product. Maybe it's your delivery. It could be the packaging. It could be the messaging. Mm-hmm. It could be when you're out in the streets, you don't look like somebody that people want to buy from. You ever like had somebody sell something and you don't buy it because you judge the person off of it? Mm-hmm. Someone tried to sell me a T-shirt one time, like their T-shirt brand, but their presentation didn't look like somebody I wanted to, like, have help with my fashion situation for today. Listen. You just watched this whole episode. If you like this episode, watch this one right here. Click right here. You're gonna like this one if you like the one you just watched. Check it out. She comes the next week. Birthday suit. Apartment. No sex. A week later, we're sitting in the car. We don't have anything to talk about. Mmm.